0: All right, let's uh, bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and ask for your anointing on this service, Lord. We ask that you would just be with us, Lord, that your presence would be here and that you would just personally touch each and every one of us, Lord. As we study your word and hear things, Lord, and principles that are straight from from your word. Lord, I just pray and lift up these circumstances that we've we've heard before on our prayer request. Lord, I just pray that You would just deal with each and every one of those in Your sovereign manner. Lord, we're going to give You the glory through all these circumstances and ask that You just continue to guide us and direct us and lead us through these. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning... I want to talk about joy. And a sweet lady among us loaned me a book that I've started and stopped and started and stopped and started and stopped and started and stopped and started and stopped, and started and stopped on joy. And it's by Wearsby. And there's some very, very good information in it, and I want to share some of it with you this morning because I do I've said this before. I believe that that as Christians we don't tap in to the joy that we can really experience through this life, through our circumstances. We, we miss out. Because when we have been born again as a child of God, He, he gives us the ability to have joy through, through this life which, in which we are a fish out of water. Amen? There's nothing in this life respectfully, that is comfortable or should be comfortable for the Christian. Because we live in a fallen world. And if we're a Christian, we've been redeemed. And now we don't have anything common with the world. Or we shouldn't. Okay? Yes, we still are flesh. And yes, that flesh is, is still torn and pulled. But the Holy Spirit living inside of us gives us the ability to overcome the world. Amen? Isn't that what it says? Mm -hmm. And so through overcoming the world, we now have the the ability to experience joy in this life. Joy that we're going to see here this morning is is divine. Okay? And so, I'm not going to be in a specific place this morning this is this message is from the from the book of Philippians okay and I'm not I might go further with this I haven't decided yet uh, after today but I don't know I'll just see I'm gonna let the Lord lead me so <clears throat> I would encourage you though if you have a pen and paper there's some of this that I really man it, it it is so good, or it was seemed that way to me. Maybe I'm the only one has an issue with this. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, anyway, it's going to be out of Philippians, okay? All four chapters. And actually, as I go through this, I'll I'll give you where this this stuff's at. But anyway, a little different this morning. Experiencing Christ's joy as a believer because I'm not in one spot, I tried to give you an outline in case you wanted to write some of these scriptures down and go back and see where. Alright. Experiencing Christ's joy as a believer. John fifteen eleven says this, These things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. God intends for us to have joy as His children. He intends for us to to experience full joy. Now, I don't know if you and I, as a fallen creature, can really wrap our minds around what full joy is. We, We can imagine. But as I was contemplating on this, I thought, you know, my imagination comes up with this definition of full joy, right? But don't you think that God's definition of full joy is so much greater than ours? He said, the things I have spoken unto you that, you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. If we have trusted in Christ and we have made Him the, the Savior of our life, we have been redeemed by Him, we have the ability to experience this full joy, this fullness of joy that He's talking about. Psalm sixteen eleven says this, You will show me the path of life In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now think about that for a minute. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Do you you realize that we as Christians should experience joy in all of our circumstances throughout our life? We should experience joy no matter who we come in contact with. That's that's a pretty deep thought, isn't it? Are you happy all the time? I'm not. And I'm not saying there's not things that... that, that, but, But when those things that come along that that take away our joy, we, we should immediate, re, immediately reflect and, and put our focus, and we're going to talk about, talk about this more here in a minute. I don't want to jump ahead. But we should put our focus back on Christ because that's where our joy comes from. Our joy doesn't come in our bank account. Our joy doesn't come from our bank account. Our joy doesn't come from our job. Our joy don't come from our whatever. As a redeemed child of God, our joy comes from Christ. And we lose sight of that, I believe. And I think it's natural. It's it's part of being a a fallen creature. Things of this world come around us and come upon us and, and we get focused on them and off of Christ. And when we get focused on them and off of Christ, we can't can't find the joy in it. But but God says that that we should be able to experience fullness of joy. He came and redeemed us. He went to Calvary so that we can experience the fullness of joy. I, I I can't even wrap my mind around fullness. Because... My thinking is so limited but he said fullness of joy and he says at your right hand are pleasures forevermore well let's think about that for a minute the bible also talks about we, we should we're going to experience persecution didn't it? so does does that mean that through that persecution should be pleasure there should be joy when we're focused on Christ and what He did for us. We should be able to find joy through our trials and tribulations and persecutions just like when we're going to see that Paul did because we, we're living for Him. And we're, and we're living to glorify Him. You say, man, I don't know how in the world we can do I, I. Through Christ Jesus you can through Christ Jesus, you can tap into that joy. But we've got to have the things in our life right. We've got to have our life in the right place. What is the secret to this joy? The secret is found in a word that often is repeated in the book of Philippians, and that is the mind. The mind. Paul uses this word five times. And he uses the word think ten times in the book of Philippians. The secret to Christian joy is found in the way the believer thinks and the way his attitudes are. Think about that just a minute. I want you to just reflect just a minute on how your mind plays through things. And I want you to think about your attitudes toward things that come up in your life. And doesn't it go hand in hand with whether you're happy or unhappy in those moments? Depending on what's up here and the attitudes that are in your life. Sure it does. It absolutely does. And he says, the secret to this, now I want you to, let me back up just a minute. So when Paul writes this to the Philippians, he's chained to a Roman soldier in prison. Okay? So Paul's circumstances at the moment aren't very good. He doesn't know whether he's going to live or die. He's always wanted to go preach to the Romans and further the Gospel in Rome, but that wasn't what he had in mind. But he's chained to a Roman soldier. And he doesn't know what the outcome is going to be. Now, I don't know how circumstances could be much more desperate. Mine haven't been that desperate up until this point. But Paul still, during those de- when he writes this, th- this book is full of joy to the Philippians. Now, how in the world could he do that unless his mind and attitudes were correct? He couldn't, could he? He couldn't. He very easily could have been just the opposite. Down, depressed, mealy-mouthed, woe is me. But instead, what was he focused on? During his circumstances. Glorifying God. Glorifying God. So, it's an example for us that that when, when we are in those circumstances, that initially when they come upon us, we think are horrible. It's important that we stop immediately and get our mind right. Get our heart right. So that we can focus on what's important and that is Christ and we can see the joy and we can be joyful going through those circumstances in order to give Christ the glory. Proverbs 23.7 says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Think your mind and your attitudes aren't important? They're absolutely important. So so let's talk about for a minute, what are the things that thieve us or rob us of our joy? And there's four main things that I want to talk about this morning that that steal our joy. The first one is circumstances. The second one is people. The third one is things. Things. And the fourth one is worry. Do those of you think those line up? They absolutely line up, don't they? Circumstances, people, things, and worry. Circumstances. Now, I don't know about you, but in my life, things hadn't always gone my way. My circumstances haven't always been in my favor that I, thought, you know, that I felt like were in my favor. And I believe that you can relate to that as well. But depending on the things, whether things go our way or not depends on whether we're happy or not, would you say? That's pretty much true. Have you ever stopped to consider that how few of your circumstances you really control? I don't know about you, but there's been a few times, probably in my life, that I've made some some plunders that I created. Some, but how many circumstances in your life are out of your control? Many, many. Yes, there's things in some of those that that we could have done differently, and and maybe made different choices that might have somewhat affected the outcome. But probably they they wouldn't have completely changed the circumstances. But we're so dependent as, as individuals, our happiness or unhappiness is so dependent on whether things are going our way or not. So if you are anything like me, it's just like this. Right? But what he says here is it doesn't have to be that way. Our circumstances don't have to dictate to us whether we're joyful or not. Whether we can see the joy in our life. Because you see, to have joy, we've got to be focused on Christ. And if we are truly focused on Christ and centered on Him, we can find joy in any circumstances. Just like Paul was able to find joy and write a letter of joy through his circumstances. The person whose happiness depends on ideal circumstances is going to be miserable most of the time. Would you agree with that? If, If you depend on ideal circumstances, to give you joy, you're going to have a miserable life. I don't know about you, but I can think of lots of folks that are, are right there. Every time you talk to them, oh, well, then, well, well This and such and such happen and I just, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I want you to understand if, if if you know somebody like that or you can relate to that, maybe that, you, that, that, is a, that is a reflection of a spiritual condition. The Bible tells us we should be able to have joy in all circumstances. All. And, and because of what was done for us on Calvary, He has given us those redeemed the ability to experience fullness of joy through those circumstances so i challenge you this morning as we go through this to think about this and how this applies to your life because this is life changing we weren't meant to be a bunch of deadhead mealy mouth depressed bunch of people as God's children. We were set here to be an example. And in that example, be joyful. How can you truly praise the Father and not have joy? How How can you be in a right relationship with God and not have joy in your life? can't you can't people the next one's people I know none of you have ever had people that have caused you to lose any joy in your life <laughs> right let me ask you this have you ever caused any boy anybody? To not have joy in their life. All of us have lost our joy because of people at some point in our lives. Next slide, Tracy. All of us have lost our joy because of what they are, what they say, what they do. Can you relate to that? But I ask you, have you has that has that ever been flipped where you are you are the one that's been involved in causing somebody else to lose their joy? I can tell you without a doubt, I have. I can tell you without a doubt, I have. We have to. We we can't just. As much as I would like to and as much as I know my wife would like to, I'd like to hold up in my house and never have to leave it and never have to go interact with anybody and just be one of those, what do you call them? Yeah. That fit me right to a T. But we can't do that and glorify God. We can't be that and glorify Christ. We have to interact with people. We have to be around people. And I'm going to tell you, just so you're not surprised, the most of the people that you come in contact with, you're not going to lie. You're not going to want to be around. You're not going to want to have anything to do with. You're sure not going to want to fellowship with them. And you're sure not going to want to have them over to your house for dinner. Why is that? Because you're different. You're different. And and what most people are living for, you're not living for. So therefore, you don't have anything in common with them. So therefore, you don't want to be around them. Every time I look at her, i I, I, I rem- reminded what y'all tell me last week and I can't help it. That I'm preaching to you all the time. <laughs> well it's not personal <laughs> you're just my you're like my you're like my right hand or something I don't know Amen. Amen. but that's why it's because you're different but we can't just seclude ourselves from people we've got to be around them we have to be able to deal with them we've got to be able to minister to them and we've got to be able to 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 be an example and walk a walk in front of them because that's what Christ has done in us. It's what he's, that, that's, our, that's what He's put us here for. It's to be witnesses of Him. So, as much as we would like to, we can't just stay away from people. And people seem to be one of the biggest things that rob us of our joy. Amen? Whether it be sometimes family members, Co-workers, bosses, I mean there's any number of things, of people that influence whether we're happy or unhappy. But again, if, if our attitudes and our mind is right, then we can find joy in dealing with those people. People. Next slide. Things. Oh, the things. Luke 12, 15 says this, And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. How many people do you know that are consumed with things? Consumed with things of this world. It's a rat race just to get the next thing and before you know it those things become idols and people start they're so consumed with getting the next thing or having the next thing I I, one of the big things that is always common where I'm is these uh kind of like what your dog granddaughter fell off of. Yeah, these things you ride. Side by side and stuff. It amazes me at how some people are so consumed with those things. And and the amount of money that they spend on those things, and those things become their God. And and, and they're just eat up with them. And we have to as being sanctified in Christ and set apart, we have the ability to overcome that and and choose against things. Now, do not misunderstand what I'm. It, there's nothing wrong with you having nice things. Absolutely, I see nothing wrong with having nice things, nice homes, nice cars, nice whatever. I. I but when those things become God or they control you they cause you to make decisions based around those things then it's a problem it's a problem Matthew 6 19 through 21 says do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor dust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's what you have to protect, is where your heart is. Is your heart in the right place? Now we've talked about mind, attitudes, and heart. That's that's where you have to be careful with things. Is that they don't consume you and, and get your heart in the right place and the wrong place. Next slide. Worry. Worry. This one doesn't affect any of you, does it? Huh? Might be the worst one of all. Peace cannot coexist with worry. Now, I, but, hey, my mother will tell you, I, I've been a worrier. I got it from her. <laughs> it's her fault. Been a worrier all my life up until about, I don't know, several years ago. God dealt with me on it and freed me from it. He can free you from it. He can free you from it. Peace cannot coexist with worry. It has physical consequences, doesn't it? You can get medicine for it, but it, it doesn't it doesn't cure it. It can only remove the symptoms, it doesn't it doesn't remove the source. Think about that. I, I, and I've been there when I was going to school on nights and I bought, I, I, bought, I went to the doctor and he gave me sleeping pills. And when I read, when I read this, and, and it's it, it so true, it bought me sleep, but I, I didn't rest. I didn't get any rest. I didn't get any peace. And I was, it wasn't from anything I was worried about. I was pushing myself. I was working and going to school at night, and I was just pushing myself, and I was exhausted. But it bought me sleep, but it didn't buy me rest. Worry is an inside job. Now I know that may hurt, but it's true. If you have worry in your life, you have issues in your heart. It can steal your joy. It will steal your joy. How in the world can you be worried about something and have any kind of joy? You can't. You can't. You can purchase sleep, but you can't purchase rest. It is the most des- in the most desperate of times that we see here with Paul. He, he did not worry. Now he's chained to a Roman soldier. His circumstances are desperate. And there's not a hint if you read Philippians of any worry. But instead, he reads, He writes a letter filled with joy. Now, don't misunderstand. Paul was much stronger than I. I'm sure I'd have been worried. And, and, and I'm, I'm not half, not a quarter, not a smidgen of the man Paul is. But but these, I'm telling you, as Christians, we miss out on so much of this right here. Joy. I believe. Because we don't we don't we don't have our mind right. We don't have our heart right. And we don't receive the blessings that we could receive because of it. Four attitudes that, that maintain our jaw jaw. These are very important. The single mind, the submissive mind, the spiritual mind, and a secure mind. Now think about that for a minute. A single mind, a submissive mind, spiritual mind, and a secure mind. The single mind, James one eight says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You agree with that? A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Christians are are upset about their circumstances, but we don't cultivate a single mind. We don't develop a single mind. A mind that is singly focused on Christ and His glory. You see, that's the key to all of this. It's what we focus on. And Satan, all the time, is going to. When you get a hold of this and you try to start practicing this, you need to be ready because Satan is going to continually throw things at you to try to deter your mind. Excuse me. It's going to be one arrow right after the next. To try to get you off, get your mind off of Christ and on these, whether it be. People, things, circumstances. To try to get your focus and, and your, your, your direction off of Christ. And if he's able to do that, there goes your joy. But if he's not able to do that, you can still find joy in whatever it is that's going on. Because you're, you have a single mind focused on Christ and His glory. Paul expresses in Philippians. Now, I want you to know that Philippians 1 has to do with the single mind. Okay? So, if you go home this week and you you go through this, Philippians 1 has to do with with (coughs) a single mind. Paul expresses in 121 when he says, he expresses this in 121 when he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He had a single mind focused on Christ God. His focus was on serving Christ and getting to heaven. And experiencing the fullness of a relationship with Him in glory. That was a single focused mind. All of the things that was going on around Paul at the time that were unknown in his circumstances. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's pretty singularly focused, isn't it? Paul was in difficult circumstances, but they couldn't rob him of his joy because he was not living to enjoy circumstances. He was living to serve Jesus. That's got to be our attitude. If we're going to find joy in this life, that has to be our attitude. I'm not living for my circumstances. I'm not living for people. I'm not living for things. But instead, I'm living to serve Christ. That's the attitude. He does not look at circumstances. Next slide. He does not look at circumstances in themselves. Listen to this. But but rather in a relationship to Christ. Christ. He looks at his circumstances in a relationship to Christ. And he's focused on what is is Christ doing in these circumstances? What, what What is the glory that Christ is going to get out of these circumstances? He did not look at Christ through his circumstances. Rather, he looked at his circumstances through Christ. Major point. How often do we have that backwards? He did not look at his circumstances, uh, look at Christ through his circumstances, but he looked at his circumstances through Christ. It's attitude, it's perspective. When we have a single mind, our circumstances work for us. And not against us. When our attitudes are correct with our circumstances, then we can we can be real, we can see blessings on the other side. We can look forward to blessings as we go through it. We can see the reward when we get to the other side and what God does in our life. How He grows us, how He uses our circumstances in other people's lives when, when our mind is right. But if we don't do that, it's going to be miserable. Our circumstances will be absolutely miserable. And that lesson that God is teaching us through them, it's going to be so much harder to learn. It's going to be so much harder to get a hold of. And when you, get, when you, get, when you finally wake up and see it, you're going to be like, what is wrong with me? Because you'll, he, he'll finally, you'll finally get it. This may be real drawn out. But if you enter into those circumstances with the single mind, the right focus and the right attitudes, the circumstances aren't going to go away, but they're going to be much more pleasurable. You'll be able to experience that fullness of joy going through those circumstances. Good stuff. Good stuff. The submissive mind. Philippians 2 it deals with the submissive mind. Let nothing be done, Philippians 2, 3 says this, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. This also has to do with the people part of it. Okay? That first, that Philippians 1 kind of circumstances, Philippians 2 is people. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but lowliness of mind, let each esteem others Better than themselves. How many of us have that attitude? Where we esteem others better than ourselves. Well let me ask you this. Wasn't that Christ's attitude? So why shouldn't we have that attitude? Or try to emulate that attitude? We absolutely should, shouldn't we? We should always esteem others more than ourselves. Paul puts Christ first, others second, and himself last. Christ first, others second, and himself last. Let me ask you on your list, are you third? Are you last? You see, the reason people a lot of times make us so upset and and steal our joys because we don't get our way. We're not the ones getting our way. But if we have an attitude where we esteem others first, that won't bother us. In fact, we look forward to that. Aren't we supposed to serve others? The Bible doesn't say just serve Christians. Does it? doesn't just say we should just serve believers. Those who are like us, no. Others. All others. Any others. No matter what they look like. No matter how they act. No matter what they do to us. No matter how ugly they are. No matter how how they talk. but serve, esteem others better than ourselves. The reason, I already said that, the Christian with a submissive mind does not expect others to serve them. He or she serves others. That's hard to do, isn't it? In itself, that's hard to do. I'll give you an example. I I worked nights all week this week. It was... After working four years on days or five years, whatever it's been. It's always difficult for me to do a quick switch. And I'm not a night person. Uh, I don't like working at nights. But, I mean, you do what you got to do, right? So, 3.15 the other morning. It's it's over. I come out in the parking lot. And I'm sickling through the parking lot. And I hear somebody right here go click, 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 click. I kept walking. I heard click, 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 click. I kept walking. And right there at that moment, God dealt with me. He said, how can you serve others and go on and go home?" Right there at that moment in that parking lot, he dealt with me. I am to serve others. It's not about what's comfortable to me. I'm sleepy. And I'm going to tell you something. I tried to go on home. But I, at that moment I had to repent, and I pulled my truck around there and two seconds jumped the, the gentleman off. didn't cost me didn't even cost me five minutes, but it was an attitude. It was an attitude, and I'd been studying this all week. <laughs> but it was a it, it was God shaking me by the throat saying. You don't get it either, idiot. (laughs) Yes. Human nature. But we have to serve others. Even when we don't want to. Even when we don't feel like it. That's what we're supposed to do. (laughs) Not to mention, I, I just bought a new pair of jumper cables and they're laying... Right in the back floorboard of my truck. I'm telling you, I did everything I could to go home. <laughs> and the closer I got to my truck, the heavier my legs got. Let me tell you something God, deal with you. The submissive mind, the good of others, is more important than your own plans or desires. Oh, we get so self centered. We're such a self centered creature. Even when we think we've dealt with that in our life, at the least expected moment, it just creeps right back up, doesn't it? I, 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 I. What I want, what I need, what, are, what I think I need, what I desire, what makes me feel good, what I want to do, but the good of others is more important than your own plans and desires. Luke 14, 11 says this, For whosoever exalted himself Shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. <coughs> the spiritual mind. Chapter 3 deals with the spiritual mind and things. Eleven times in this chapter, Paul mentions things. He talks about things. And Philippians 3.19 says this, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. And what do we do? We still get wrapped up in earthly things. Don't we? We still get wrapped up in earthly things. The spiritual minded person looks at things of this world from heaven's point of view. Again, it's okay to have nice things. But you've got to look at those things out of the right perspective. I've, I've told you time and time again that <clears throat> that place down there that I live in is God's. It's not mine. Those cars I drive are God's. They're not they're not mine. He allows me to use them. He he, he blesses us with the means to be able to, to keep that up. But it's not mine. And I have to, I've told you this time and time again. I have to remind myself of that perspective all the time because Scott likes things. I do. I find myself all the time saying, boy, I'd like to have one of those. And there's nothing wrong with, again. But I have to remind myself of of this principle. That just as quick as He gives it all to me, He can take it away. And if He does take it away, my attitude better be thankfulness rejoicing and see the joy in it and and the joy in those circumstances that would surround that in order that I'm right. Because it's not mine. There is nothing on this earth mine. Nothing. But yet we, we could probably, each of you could probably name, no telling how many people that Their whole life is consumed with things. Their whole life is... And what's the worst thing? Money. Isn't it? The Bible says it is. Root of all evil. Chasing money. Can you imagine if those same people were chasing God? How on fire they'd be? The spiritual mind looks at things with the right perspective. Philippians 3.20 says this, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly (coughs) wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to His glorious body according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. You see, when you realize and when you you learn what subdue all the things are in your life unto Christ, there's joy. There's peace. There's joy. When we consecrate all of those things and put them behind us and Christ in front of us, then we got the right perspective. The only way to victory and joy is to have a spiritual mind and look at things from God's point of view. Again, let me tell you, it's not, it's, there's nothing wrong with having things. It's the way you look at those things, it's the way you view those things, it's the place in your life in which those things hold. Do they take the place of God? Do they come before Him? Do you choose and listen? I've been there. I've been there. I think we all have been there at one point in our life or another. I may be wrong. Some of you may not. I hope you haven't. You're much better off than I am. But we have all probably been at a point in our life where we've chose things over God. What about the television? How many times have we chosen to watch a TV show than read our Bible? And there's no, I'm not saying there's ro- anything wrong with the, the right kind of TV show. But it's about the place in our life that these things hold. That they secure. that, that Where are they at in perspective to, to Christ? The secure mind. I'm trying to hurry. Oh, I'm, I'm over. I done got long winded. The secure mind. Worry is actually wrong thinking and wrong feeling about circumstances, people, and things. You hear that? Worry is wrong thinking and wrong feeling about circumstances, people, and things. If we have a single mind, a submissive mind, and a spiritual mind, you will not have trouble with worry. Can't. Can't exist. We must guard our heart and mind so that worry will not enter. Philippians 4 7. Philippians 4 deals with a secure mind and worry. And the peace of God, in 4-7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understandings will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How do you get guarded? Christ is the center. Christ is the center. Christ is the focus. If Christ isn't the focus, then that guard can't be, be set in place. Philippians 4.9 says this, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. You see, we have a blueprint. You got worry in your life? There's a blueprint right here how to remove it. Single mind, submissive mind, and a spiritual mind. That leads to a secure mind. The peace of God comes to us when we do these three things. Well, these are the main three things. Pray right, think right, and live right. Pray right, think right, and live right. So what should we do? I'm trying to hurry. Be sure sure you're a Christian first. Make sure that, that you have a Savior, that you're a redeemed child of God. Because apart from that, you can't get any of the rest of it. You cannot attain any of the rest of this apart from salvation through Jesus. Admit your failures. Repent. If you've been double-minded, worldly-minded, proud, filled with worry, then you're sinning. You're sinning. And that demands that we repent and get right. And then once we have repented and get right, then we can go back and take the steps that are necessary that I've displayed to you this morning. Surrender your mind to Christ daily. I want you to think about that one just for a second. Surrender your mind to Christ daily. Ask Him, Father, give me a single mind. Give me a submissive mind. Give me a spiritual mind. Work in my mind. Because I promise you Satan is. You don't have to ask him. He is constantly trying to get in your head, is he not? He is mine. So therefore, we have to to knock and search and seek God for for His grace to give us that single mind, that spiritual mind, and that submissive mind. To get our mind right. And, and with that comes immersing yourself in the Word of God. Immersing yourself in prayer. The things of God in which you, you grow your relationship with Him, you have to immerse yourself in. And He will give you that grace. He, 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 His grace is sufficient. You will find joy in practicing the right kind of attitudes, in spite of your circumstances, people, and things. Oh, isn't that a, that's that's just beautiful to me? When I think about this world that we live in, you know, and I'd like to say it's worse now than it's ever been, and, and it is. But that's not to take away from generations past, and I'm sure they thought the same thing. But we know that as time goes on, there's a progression because the Word of God tells us that. But as I think about the world that we live in and how easy it would be to live without joy, it's so rewarding and so easy to me to know that God has made provision for the Christian to live a joyful life no matter what world we're in. And that that provision that He's made for us wasn't any different than it was for Paul back when it all was early on. Galatians 5.22 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. And you can't have that unless your mind's right. Lest you have a single mind, submissive mind, and a spiritual mind. You, that, that fruit won't pour out of you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that you have provided joy for the Christian. That you have made a means and a way that we can experience the fullness of joy through you no matter what life we're living and what circumstances are in our life. No matter what people come in and out. And no matter what things that are, are placed in our life. You have made provision. Lord, I ask this morning that you just show each and every one of us and, and, and search each and every one of us that our attitudes be right. That you give us the grace to get our attitudes and our minds right. Lord, that we, so that, that we have a single mind focused on you and your glory in order to experience that joy. Lord, I lift up each and every one of our prayer requests again this morning. You know each and every one I specifically, Lord not that they're any more important than any other circumstance but they're here with us this morning I lift up and I lift up Kerry Lord as they have their test this week Lord I pray you you would just be divinely intervening Lord and I ask for your mercy and your grace and your will to be done these things in Jesus name we ask it and pray Amen